2: Sure, keep
1: the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for The Warrior's Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves.
0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves. Uh, So happy to be with you this week. Welcome to BPN Radio and Facebook Live. We try to kill two birds with one stone and uh, get it all done at one time to save time and just uh, be a blessing to all those that we can. I have with me one of my favorite people on the planet, and that is Mrs. Mrs. Ann Hammock. She's a she's a pastor. She's a she's a extreme Jesus lover. She's an entrepreneur. She's a motivational speaker. She's a, a lover of Jesus, a lover of mankind, an amazing mother, an amazing friend, amazing wife. She's done a lot of incredible things, and I just wanted to have her on today. I felt led by the Holy Spirit to have her on to talk about. First of all, um, her husband and Anne have been writing a book called Dream Again, and it's basically a Dusty's and Anne's story, more Dusty's probably than Anne's. Anne's, of course, a big part of it, and it's their story, and it's inspiring, but we're going to talk about um, just that delay is not denial, that the process, even though we don't always like the process, the process is what makes us who God intends for us to really be and and helps us to, to walk in our destiny. So I just want to pray, as you are signing on today, I want you to just uh, open your heart. If you listen to this program on a replay, just open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to you. We're going to, uh, you know, talk and conversate back and forth about this subject, and we're going to pray for people today. But I'm going to pray more corporately and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me as this program is going through, and and of course, and will too. Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to minister to your amazing people. I pray, Lord, for everyone that's signed on today, uh, whether they're signed on while we're live or they sign on later. Lord, that they will be healed and strengthened and encouraged, and that you will speak to them in such a powerful way today about their future and about what what you've called them to do, and just let hope be the air that we breathe on this program let hope be the air that we breathe and let our faith arise let our faith arise and just just begin to talk to us about what god's been talking to you about
1: well first of all pastor kelly you know i tell you all the time you're you're my joy factor there is oh. something amazing about being in your presence and you literally just exude the the joy and peace of God, and I love you so much. I thank you for the opportunity just to hop on and share, and I'm excited because I, I got to see you a week or so ago and then get to see you again soon, and there's nothing like being in Callie's
0: presence. Oh, you're, you're, I love you. You're, you're, you're one of my fun girls. You know what? There's, the thing I love about you is you know how to have fun, but you also can... You can you can run deep like a river when talking about the things of God. Is That's such a blessing, such a blessing. Well, Thank you, Ann, for being with us today.
1: I, I do. I just, I love you, and I appreciate you, I, I, and I appreciate what you're doing in the kingdom and the voice that you have, that you've had personally in our lives, and then just watching People talk about the, the words you've given, the the way that God has used you. And so I, I'll i just tell you, first of all, that the expansion is so near, um, your voice being heard just around mm-hmm. the nation, around the world, and prophesying and declaring the word of the Lord to millions. I, I
0: believe I, I, that, I believe that, God. and you know, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in such a place in my life right now where I really just want, you know, I think that the less we want, <laughs> I know this sounds terrible, but the less we want influence and success, and the more we want Jesus, mm. the more influence and success comes. Yeah. It- that's so true. You know, is- and a lot of times as Christians, we think, well, you know, everything that I want is for the right reason because I want to expand the kingdom of God. And yeah, that's true. But I really, I'm at a time in my life where I'm examining my heart about everything mm. because I'm saying God examine me, show me even the good things that I feel like I'm called to do. I want to be doing them for the right reason, yes. you know? And I think that's where the church is really headed. I, I think God's doing that corporate wide. And that, I believe that's going to open the door and it has already started to open the door for the great awakening.
1: Yeah, I believe it. And and I think that's exactly what we, what's stirring in my spirit is how many times do we look at our circumstances where we are right now and we're measuring and we can call it success or, you know, being in the will of God and, and we're looking at it. Just based on our circumstances, on our bank account, on the way our kids are behaving, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And recently the Lord said to us that you are looking at earthly wealth, which wealth is to me, prosperity is wholeness in every area of our life, really beginning to shift our thinking that there is a monetary system that is eternal. Yes, the things that we are doing, the planting, yes. the seeds that are being sown, and the promises that we have been given are eternal promises. Yes. And that's really what's stirring inside of me is looking at how many times in the course of my life, inside of our ministry, inside of our family, have I looked and said, God, where are you? Yes. But this is not lining up with the word that you spoke and looking at thinking, okay, well, what did I do wrong? Did you change your mind? Did I, did I forfeit the promise? Did I abort the thing that you said that I would birth because I'm measuring it on my own system instead of the eternal principles, instead of that, the prophetic word that's been given to me is generational. And there's some things that I might not even see in my lifetime, but I can trust his promises Yes. Waiting on him. And so, you know, as as we were preparing and just praying for today, that's one of the things that I just want to encourage every single person is you can trust him in the waiting. You can yeah, and trust
0: him in the waiting. Some, sometimes in the waiting, it like you said, we we can step out and try to do something on our own when we're supposed to be waiting. Now waiting doesn't mean I lay in the bed and sleep all day. Yes. <laughs> Waiting means I trust God for the outcome and I do what he tells me to do every day. And a lot of times we have preconceived ideas on the outcome and the timing of the outcome. And that's what God's had to work with me on is my preconceived ideas about timing and outcome. And, And, you know, we're supposed to do our part. We're supposed to work. We're supposed to trust. We're supposed to, you know, get up and be fruitful and multiply. But we have to trust God for the outcome and the timing. Be faithful.
1: And I actually have, a, when I was just jotting down some notes, I wrote um, that waiting is not inactivity. It's like you said, it's not sitting and doing nothing. In fact, the scripture that I um, went to this morning was Psalm 37 7, which says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him wow when you look up this word wait that it is actually translated a couple ways one of the ways that they translate that word wait is to whirl about or dance
0: wow wow waiting in joy
1: (laughs) so while i'm waiting i'm I'm worshiping. worshiping in the waiting i'm dancing before him i am declaring his word inside of that thing that I'm waiting on and I can come to him with a heart of worship while I'm waiting. So, you know, part of our testimony is when Dusty and I got married, um, My husband was a single father raising three children. And so when we married, our girls were 15, 13, and our son was 11. Wow. So it was a very hard time, obviously, for them to go through all of the tragedy and the the trauma that they went through. And so now here we are. I had never been married. I'm 26 years old. And now I have a 15 and a 13-year-old that I'm now helping to mother and just rear in that season of their lives. So you can imagine two teenage girls and having that suffering inside of their heart. So they just, they went down a path that was extreme rebellion, made some, some very difficult choices. And I can remember times wondering where they were, like, what were they doing? God protect them, salvage their lives, the, the environments they were placing themselves in and wanting so desperately. I can remember standing, Callie, on our front porch one day. Our girls would ride the bus home and uh, one of them didn't get off the bus. She had run away and we didn't know where she was and waiting to find her. That, that, those moments mm-hmm. where you sit. And you have to just find your peace and your trust in knowing. See, what I knew and what Dusty knew is God promised us our children.
0: Yes. He promised
1: us that our generational blessings, that the curses were broken, that our children would serve the Lord all the days of their life. But in the waiting, we had to make a choice to rejoice, even though the circumstances were very
3: difficult. Yes. They're very difficult.
1: So it, it's in those seasons where you have to allow your spirit to dictate your response to the Lord.
0: That's awesome. Our flesh was okay. Our- we got to repeat that. It's okay. in these seasons look, that we have to allow the spirit of God, our spirit man, the spirit of God is in control of our spirit man. Yes. And we have to allow the spirit man to lead us because it is so natural to allow the soulish part of us lead, or the flesh part of us lead, fear lead, yes. complaining lead.
3: <laughs> yeah, It is
0: so easy to get triggered in those type of scenarios. And then every hurt and trauma in your life comes forth because you've been thrown into another situation where you're having to trust. And it is truly a choice.
3: Yeah,
1: it is. It is that choice to just say, what what am I going to be ruled by? And I just have to say, we have to use the word of God as our standard so that when we're looking in the face where we have to decide, okay, which mirror am I going to look into? Am I going to look into the reflection of what's actually happening in the world, in in my children's life, what what my my flesh eyeballs see, or am I going to take my word? And I'm going to remind the Lord of his word. Yes. That if we raise up our children, if we teach them the principles and the word of God, and we declare over their life, we are believing that they will come home.
3: Yes.
1: And that is just something that I, today, I felt that there would be people listening and you in your flesh. You've been on the floor in tears. You have worried yourself sick. You have troubled your, yourself to where it, it's causing anxiety and sickness in your own body. And the Lord says, trust me. Let Let's your pray. spirit lead.
0: Let's pray right now. Lord, I just thank you for the sensitivity of Anne on this program. And I just declare that everyone that's on logged on right now or will log on later, that is having any kind of major situation with their children, that faith is arising in their heart and they are declaring and prophesying into the atmosphere the truth about their children. And Lord, they are going to see. we are going to even hear of this week, miracles will come through my inbox and through Ann's inbox of people that prayed and saw a real breakthrough with their children, even this week. It will begin to happen in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen. I agree with you that I believe that I believe the kids are the children are coming home and there's going to be restoration. And we've seen that, you know, the kind of the end of the story is that they did come home completely, just sold their life out to the Lord. God restored every part of their lives, redeemed them, uh, even hid mistakes That they made that should have and could have followed them all the days of their life, and the Lord just restored them. And it's beautiful to watch the restoration of God. But there are those times where you just have to hang on and trust His word. But that that same scripture um, that I just read about wait, while one translation is to whirl or dance about, there's another part of that word that means to give birth to. Wow. So while I'm waiting. And anybody that's carried a baby, there's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, take yeah, it <laughs> Hey, I know there's some women on here that say, oh, my mother always said, oh, I love being pregnant. And I was like, I love giving birth. Like, yeah,
0: that was me. I let's love just transition birth. out of this. I didn't like the, tra- the getting, being pregnant part. And <laughs> I like giving birth. But even in the birth, you can't rush it. Right. You right. have to wait. You and you've got to let that your body cycle on into. Um, you know, to the delivering of the baby, and that takes time.
1: Yeah, and so, and we do know. I mean, just allowing the baby to mature and grow, and and so I was thinking about um, how many times and seasons. And I know you and I have talked about words that that have been spoken over us, or that the Lord spoke directly to us, and we're still waiting on them. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are prophetic words. There are promises that God has given. And I'm still in the waiting, and so in that season, that is where I think, okay, I, I believe that the that the Lord is way more interested in what's happening in me and through me than He is just interested in just what happens to me. Like, yes. okay, get let that prophetic word come. Great, but what happened to me in the journey, in the process? In the process.
0: Of growing, listen. The power of God is in the process. Yeah, absolutely. The power of God being released in your life is in the process. I think about Joseph when he was in Potiphar's house, and I know he must have had all these kind of questions, like, "Lord, what did the dreams mean? I'm I'm a servant. Yeah, I know I'm the top servant, but I'm still a servant. Uh Well, what did what did you mean that my brothers would fall would would bow down to me? Lord, and, and, and I'm sure he had questions. You know he had to have questions. His brothers threw him, tried to, we're going to kill him. Right. And one brother said, no, let's don't do this. Let's just sell him off. And so he gets sold off and he ends up in Potiphar's house. But here's the thing. Here's the secret, I think, to the whole thing. Is he became the best administrator. He knew how to be in the present time that he was living in. He, he said, okay, here's where I'm at. This may not be the best place. This doesn't seem like my dream, but this is a piece of, this has to be a piece of the puzzle. So what God are you trying to teach me or what are you putting in my tool bucket for my destiny? in this man's house so he learns how to handle the man's crops and handle the man's business and handle every and, and he does such a great job at handling what God gave him through Potiphar that Potiphar just kept blessing him and blessing him and blessing him so i'm just like okay so i get that that and so we need to apply that to our life where are you at right now that you know this is not your ultimate place this is not the dream but somehow there's something in this present time that God is teaching you and growing you and building your character so that when you step up to have to forgive your brothers, you have the integrity to do it. You have the love to do it. If he hadn't have gone through Potiphar, if he hadn't have gone to that jail and then, he, then you know, you think about the story, it just goes from bad to worse, man. He's trying to be good. I mean, he he's not trying. He is being good. He's amazing. And then this woman wants to seduce him. And this is a young man. And I'm sure he had desires. He probably wasn't dead. He probably enjoyed, you know, a beautiful looking at a beautiful woman. I, I'm sure he did. But he did the right thing. And he told her no. And he pushed her away. And then she lies on him. And I know I would have been like, God, I did the right thing. What are you doing? I'm having trouble rationalizing all this. And then he finds himself in prison. Yeah. But in each part of that, what seems to be a horrible story, God is building the man's skills, his natural abilities, his leadership skills, And most of all, he's building his integrity, the fortitude on the inside, which what counts the most in our life.
1: Absolutely. And I always think about his life while he had a dream, like he was able to, the Lord allowed him to see forward what was going to happen inside of his life. And yet, like you said, inside of this prison, there are things that are happening, but because of his imprisonment. His faithfulness, and I think those temptations. What did it grow inside of him that actually allowed him to lead at a completely different level? But then the deliverance of a nation.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Because of some, because of his imprisonment and his faithfulness, an entire nation, a family is salvaged. A nation is saved, and that's what I, I think about when you know you, you said. In that moment, he could have made some bad choices. He could have, when his brothers approached, the unforgiveness could have stayed in his heart and how that would have changed his destiny, yeah. which reminds me of, there was a um, season in Dusty and I, when we first got married again, um, we financially were just really struggling. I knew though that the Lord had given me a promise that he was our deliverance because we, we had no way out you know, contemplated even filing bankruptcy. Lord, what do we do? We are in financial ruin. And we both felt the Lord say, wait on me, trust me. And so one morning in prayer, I'm praying someone actually owed me money. A, A gentleman owed me $876. And I was praying, you know, those times, uh, Callie, when you help the Lord know what he needs to do.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I've given him all kinds of instructions while he's laughing back at me.
1: <laughs> right. I, I'm praying and I'm telling the Lord, you know, he owes me and, and I am trying to feed my children and he's out living like, and I'm just telling the Lord all, all the ways he should handle this situation. And the Holy Spirit said to me, until you release him, I can't release you. And I took my hand and I said, okay, he doesn't owe me anymore. And I forgave it. I forgave him. In my heart, I forgave the debt. And it was kind of like Joseph. In that moment, I had a choice. And I actually had a word. I had a dream. I had a promise. But in that moment, what the Lord taught me, because just a couple of days later, when I went to the grocery store and came back, there was an envelope in my mailbox with cash, $875, enough to pay off the debt that I now owed. And the Lord let me know that that word was good. He he was supplying and he was providing. But there was something in my heart that he was way more interested in exposing that was actually hindering for me or stopping up a blessing. I believe that was intended to God to help resolve that, but he wanted to resolve the issues of the heart. heart.
0: Yeah. Because you know what? He could have given you the money before and you just still felt bad toward that individual and you'd have yeah. been the loser. And yeah. so God was working it out so that the inside of Anne could be pure and holy. Yes. Um, I just feel to say that I don't know who's listening today that may be struggling financially or maybe you've been felt like your family's been under some sort of po- curse of poverty. Listen, there is no place that you currently are right now that is too far for God to not take you, pull you out of it, and redeem you completely. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no situation. Too bad. Mm-hmm. There's none. He's God. He, he takes great look, delight in taking situations that everybody else says, this is hopeless. And that's when he likes to move in. I am a living testimony. My sister and I are living testimonies of two little girls by all standards would have been hopeless, a hopeless scenario. And God rescued us. He redeemed us. He saved us. He filled us with his spirit. He, he blessed our family. He turned everything around. And now we're not operating under a curse. We're operating under a generational blessing. Yeah. And I prophesy to you, if you're on this broadcast today or in the next few days and you're struggling with any kind of financial issue, I prophesy that God is going to give you the wisdom to turn things around. It's going to, God's going to supernaturally move, but he's also going to give you wisdom to make good choices Mm -hmm. because we always have a part to play. We're not just spirit beings that run around the world. You know, it's all spirit. There's always some human interaction here. I set my faith toward what God has promised. My faith is just positive reaction to what God has promised. I set my faith, and then I practically do what God asks me to do, and then I trust him to do what I can't do. Yes. And he is more than capable
1: Yes,
0: of doing what I can't do.
1: Yeah. We have seen him be continually faithful in the area of our family and in our finances, redeeming those things. But you're right, Kelly. There's a part that we play, and that's what um, it, it's really a partnership, isn't it? Our relationship Amen. with the Lord is it's a partnership where God has given us a free will. Yes. And my husband likes to say it, it's really the only thing God submits himself to because yes. he controls everything. And yet he has made himself to submit to our free will. Yes. He's given us those choices. And so when you when we read these scriptures, there's a partnership where there's a financial promise he says he will not allow his children to beg for bread no we have to worry about what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear that he cares if he cares for the flowers the lilies the birds he cares for his kids and you and I both have kids and we I think what would I not do for my children and yet there's a partnership even with my kids, there's that honoring. And it's the that when they're in our home, there were blessings that ga- came because of obedience. There was yeah. blessings that came because of their own responsibilities. And I think God revealing us If there is unforgiveness, if there is some some act that he wants us to partner with him, sowing those seeds, having saying, Lord, everything that I have, I know is yours. That was one of the things in my life, and and thinking again over just the the um the delays that come, but there were so many prophetic things in my life, but the Lord had to teach me that I'm simply just a steward of his word. Of his, like the things he gives to me are really his, that he is lending
0: to me. Yes.
1: Like, for example, my daughter, she, um, at 18 years old comes and says to her dad and I, I'm called to be a missionary. Well, that sounds wonderful until you realize that your 18 year old is going to live in another country in circumstances where there's not running water, where she would talk about mice running across her bed and, and being in places oh. that were dangerous and sit, times where I, I couldn't reach her. And I'm thinking, you know, like you said earlier, Jesus, take the wheel. like <laughs> <laughs> Right now. I, I don't know. Take you know, the t-
0: mouse and take the wheel.
1: <laughs> Please take the mouse. Right, the right. Wheel. But I can remember when she first came to us now, see, I knew that the Lord had given our children as promises because that was actually something when, when we um, prayed for our kids, God showed us the promises that would come even through our children of restoration. So she was a promise. And one of the promises was that my husband would have this wonderful relationship, this father-daughter relationship, and and build these memories. Well, Honestly, I thought that meant within a 10 mile radius of my house, right? Yeah, like, right. like my grandbabies are here and, and they wow. lived right down the road. So I had this dream and this promise planned out in my own way. And so when she says, I'm called to be a missionary, I went into my closet in my bedroom and I laid on the floor. And I literally just got down in a fetal position, head down in, in the carpet. And I said, God, why would you do this to me? Because all I ever wanted was just to be a mom and a grandmother and have my kids close. And I felt like my promise was being taken away is how I felt like I was burying the dream. And I heard the Lord say, she is my daughter and I've allowed you to steward my child.
3: And in that moment, this
1: revelation of even my children are gifts from God that I am to steward according to his purpose and his kingdom. So that grief, all of a sudden, I thought, thank you, God, that you've allowed me to be a mother to your daughter who you've called for this purpose who you've destined. So it was a complete shift, but it came because it was a shift in perspective. It was a shift in the way I thought my promise would be fulfilled was actually, it was his promise. It was an eternal gift and I could not measure it once again on my own definition.
0: Yeah. We start trying to measure things by our understanding and our terms. We're going to come up with a short end of the stick every time. But if we will surrender and that's the real key of that is you, you went into that closet and you surrendered her again. Yeah. You just re surrendered. You, I'm sure you surrendered when she was born, you gave her to the Lord, but you had to go re surrender her again. Yeah. Because sometimes in our, you know, we get used to something, we get used to influencing something or controlling something or having a major say in someone's life. And then for whatever reason, they're gone or God moves them. And that's where surrender comes in. We are, here's, there's two things we'll be doing until Jesus comes. We'll be forgiving people and we'll be surrendering. Yes. And Paul said, I die daily. I believe that's what he's talking about. He's, I believe he's talking about, he is surrendering. He is crucifying his own fleshly will. Mm -hmm. The things that in my perspective, my ideals, that's why it's so important to have a daily walk with the Lord so that when we we have somewhere to to roll out our thoughts before and God can say, yep, that one's mine. Nope, that one's not mine. Yeah, Callie, you're right on track there. Callie, Callie, that's crazy. Uh Uh, That one goes, you know, and I'm being funny, but it's true. There's plenty of times I fall on my face and I go crying out to God and I'm talking to him and he just straightens things up. He, he helps me see what he keeps me on the path of the righteous. Yes. And God knows I need somebody to keep me on the path. And that's what Holy spirit does. He keeps us on the path of the righteous. So you went into that closet and you surrendered your baby. You know, what? and I love the fact that you told God The truth about how you felt. Mm. I think we as Christians have to realize that we can be honest with God. He is not afraid of our, our, he's not afraid of our honesty and he's not afraid of our screwed up thinking. He is there to fix it. So it's like when one of my kids come to me and they don't have the right perspective, I'm not going to say, well, you dummy, here's, you've got the wrong perspective. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, well, baby, I understand how you feel. But have you ever thought about it this way? Yes. And so I'm just there as a parent to love them and kind of help redirect them and give them a different perspective. And that's what Holy Spirit does for us. But we have to surrender that to him. Yeah. We have to surrender that to him. I, I I felt led of the Lord while you were talking that there is a single mother. There may be more than one, but I, I felt that there was a single mother that has just found herself single mm. and she's got children and you're, you're not sleeping at night. You're worried about how you're going to take care of your kids. You're, you're just, your mind's racing. Here's the word of the Lord to you. I want you to get off this broadcast. I want you to go crawl in your bed and I want you to take a big long nap. And when you get up from that nap, I want you to get on your knees and I want you to ask God to show you the way because God is going to supernaturally move on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And you are going to not only be able to take care of your family, but you're going to be a blessing to others and the kingdom of God. There is a, there is a business idea in you that will not only change your life, but it will change the lives of hundreds of others. And you'll be a blessing to the kingdom of God. You'll be a blessing to your pastor You'll be a blessing to your children. You will never want for anything. And you will also provide jobs for other mothers. Fall on your face and trust him. And he is going to, there is a creative idea in you that will change the legacy of your family. Mm. What has seemed to be the worst thing in your life is going to prove to be the best thing that has ever happened to you. In Mm. Jesus' name. Amen
1: that's so good Callie cuz i think about you know your your testimony and and what god has done in and through you and Cindy and just the legacy that that you two and the hand of god in your life and how he preserved you and how yes. it, it, just listening to you i always just see like the the love of god encircling you and protecting you in all these seasons of your life And thinking, okay, those things that should have been the the tragedy that marked you or the tragedy that marked me or my husband and, and all the things that should have been that, that thing that took us down or that thing that destroyed us. Well, every time I hear you tell your testimony I change something inside of me is resurrected to believe again and lives. It it is giving um, your testimony and what we've walked through actually is the thing that God seems to use the most to transform others. Because I think the most difficult days of my life, in fact, you know, for some of you that may not know my health journey, in 2005, I was diagnosed with thyroid disease these were the darkest days of my life, Kelly. I would, I remember I would lay in bed and I would literally just feel this hopelessness, this darkness come over me and I would wake to see up and I would just, I would be crying and I would say, I, I just feel like I'm dying. And I would, it was this war and I thought, am I losing my mind? And the enemy would tell me, he'd say I'm going to drive you crazy just to get at your husband. And just the the battle in my mind, the darkest days of my life actually today are the banner that I wave. Because I think, okay, I walked through that darkness. I walked through a season of just my health was a constant battle. And then today is actually what the Lord is allowing me to share with others is the triumph over health issues and and to be able to regain health. And so I think, was it, do I, am I glad I went there? Am I glad I had to walk through that? I don't know. I think I am because it gives somebody else hope. Would I do it again if I knew that that message would be hope to somebody else? Then I'm just going to say, yes, I would. I would surrender that season of my life. I'm not glad we have to go through those things. But I'm glad that God's so faithful to allow the thing that the enemy tries to take us out or to mark us
0: with. Another to be redemption story.
1: Yes, it's a redemption story. And that, you know, I, I have just felt inside of my spirit is there are people that are watching or listening today and you have, you're either in a season or you're in that Season of you've got that prophetic word and you you don't understand because there's Mm -hmm. nothing around you that looks like what's been prophesied or what you've heard the Lord say. But in First Timothy, Timothy is encouraged to prophesy your promises to take the promises that have been given over you, and it says that they're spiritual weapons, the things that have been said over you that they are the weapons and that's the warfare because we we know in Daniel, the scripture, Daniel says, well, I I prayed, I prayed where, you know, where's the answer been? And for 21 days, the angel says for 21 days, we've been warring. Yes. We've been warring in the heavenlies on your behalf. So it was a season of waiting, but I, I just feel like today there are people that, You are wondering, where is God? And and what about that word that was spoken 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Will it ever happen? And I'm encouraging you, write down those prophetic words. Take the scriptures and tie to your promises and begin to declare those things over your life as a weapon against the enemy. So when the enemy says, oh, your kids aren't coming home, oh, you'll never make it out of this divorce. Oh, you'll never see your kids again. You'll never see them serve the Lord. You'll never regain your health. You're disqualified for ministry. No, you take your word and you let the enemy know that's not my promise. Yes. That's not the promise that God gave me. And and you line up the scripture and you use the word of God and your prophetic word and you go to battle for your word, for your life, and for the things that God has destined for you. Because that's they so are awesome, true. Ann. They're so true.
0: That's so awesome. You know, when my when my mom and dad sobered up, I, I thought about this story. And I hadn't thought about this story in a long time, but uh, my dad sobered up, my mom sobered up. Both of them, you know, got great jobs and began to just, you know, put their lives back together. And they were great parents when they were sober. Daddy uh, ended up getting a job at the county and he um, he was made a supervisor pretty quickly. He was one of those kind of guys, you know, that just, if he showed up and started working, he'd start getting promoted, you know? And um, he was so happy about being sober, and being on his feet, he had a real heart to help the underdog. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he had this ability to hire these hopeless alcoholics, literally, and they would go to AA, get sobered up, and he'd give them a job, and they'd be the best workers, and they loved him. And, and so when my dad died, and this happened over the course of about 10 years, you know, when my dad died, I've ne- the, the largest funeral I've ever been to was my daddy's. Wow. And, and and I've been to tons of funerals, wow. but I mean it was wall to wall people, and they were um, rich and poor and influential and you know f- straight off the street. And the guy, the man that preached for Daddy on at the at the graveside, called him the champion of underdogs. Mm. And so, of course, Cindy and I were devastated. We were young in our twenties, and we I remember standing there. And I remember hearing the Lord tell me, you know, I'm a 20-something-year-old woman. My daddy's dead. And I hear the Lord tell me when he says that about my dad, I'm going to make you and Cindy champions of underdog of the underdog on a level you can't even imagine. Well, I didn't quite understand that word. Because I did not realize in the next six years, we were entering into some of the roughest seasons of our lives. Mm. I thought what we went through as kids was rough, but what we were entering in for the next six years were just unbelievable. Mm. Now, you know, 20 something years down the road, almost 30, maybe. I see that God has used our family to help people with no hope. Yeah. He really has taken that legacy that my dad should have been a pastor. They said when he was a young boy that he would preach but he never surrendered to God. He got saved two weeks before he died. He just never surrendered to God. But I, be- my mother came from a righteous heritage. When you look, there was lots of preachers and people in her family that served God. But Cindy and I said yes to the call. Pastor Todd said yes to the call. And I believe there's people listening today that you feel like you're an underdog. <laughs> you just feel like, man, I have just hit the bottom. But I'm telling you that God is not only going to redeem you and restore you, but he is going to make you a champion for underdogs. Mm. And you are going, your life is going to be so blessed by God. And you are going to pull people out of up and out of the muck and mire. And you're going to speak life to them. And God is going to redeem them. And they are going to live fantastic, unbelievably abundant lives because they came in contact with you. And I just declare that over you today. There is no situation that God can't take and just turn it around for such amazing good. Mm. And um, when will Dusty's book be out? So it will
1: be out in May.
0: Okay. And it's called Dream Again.
1: It's called Dream Again. And it takes uh, really just the journey of his life, which... I shared a little bit already, but backstory is from the time my husband was 14, 15 years old, he was reading books about marriage and about family. All he ever wanted to do is serve the Lord, preach the gospel, be a great husband and have a million kids. Like (laughs) Even as a teenager, it was his heart's desire and then found himself um, right in the middle of pastoring a church and His wife left him and the kids and filed divorce, and now he's a single dad, resigns from the church to take care of his kids, and finds himself every dream. He says every dream that he ever had seemed to be just shattered right there in front of him. So now he's in a place where he's laying tile in Shawnee's restaurants. Callie went from ministering full-time in the pulpit as a pastor to working nights, laying tile for about $10 an hour so that he could just be home with his kids and try to help his kids um, just navigate that season of their lives. And his parents moved in. He's in debt up to his eyeballs, $100,000 in unsecured debt and looking at his life going, now I'm marked. Now I, now I have the scarlet letter of divorce on me and my whole life is ruined. Is yeah, the way.
0: And in the church circles, that's exactly how it can be looked at, yeah. which it shouldn't be, but it's the way it is. Yeah.
1: So it was, it was a hard season, um, but the Lord continued to just remind him of his faithfulness. And my husband stayed with a surrendered heart. And as a result of that, things being restored and redeemed and blessings. And so it was really that the book is the premise of you can dream. And then sometimes you just have to dream again. Mm
3: -hmm. And it's a
1: beautiful, he uses, uh, he and my daughter went and did a um, expedition in Alaska out in the wilderness. And so he takes that process of having to think about what's on your back, what's in your backpack to the relationships, um, in your life. And he just pulls that apart to help people navigate whether they're just beginning to dream they're dreaming again, or you need to dream bigger. So we're so excited about it. So come oh, that's out. That's
0: so good. Well, first of all, I want we'll have you and Dusty or Dusty back on, whoever y'all decide is best, or both of you, in May, when y'all launch this book. Uh, I'd like for, if you don't follow Ann, follow Ann on Facebook so that you can keep up. She's also doing a course on Her Voice University. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. And I am super excited. Um, We've had one class, but it's not too late because you can actually watch the previous class. So it's called break the stake and it is breaking free from the bondage of food. So first of all, let me tell you, it is not about losing weight. It's not a diet plan of any kind. What it is, it's identifying. So the Lord gave me this revelation I lost 125 pounds, 2011, 2012, and I've kept that off. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is how I lived in Egypt. Yeah. in this bondage, this place of bondage. In fact, I described myself as a prisoner in my own body. Now, I weigh 250 pounds, but Jenny Donnelly shared that she lived in that same bondage, but has never had to lose weight, never been overweight. But, yeah, we it's both just,
0: it's, it's, but it affects you the same.
1: Absolutely. So there was this this bondage, Egypt mentality, and then the Lord began to deliver me out of that, showing me new ways to eat and and just complete lifestyle change. And so I lived in this season for seven years, and I basically lived in a wilderness mentality, which was shifting from, I'm not in bondage, but I'm also not in freedom. Yeah. And the Lord said, "And I have promised a place, the promised land Mm -hmm. where you can have freedom. So it's really now we're using food as the thing that we've replaced um, for emotions or, you know, where we've misplaced what God intended for joy and for freedom. And we've substituted for food. But really, you could take food out of it because it's not about food. It's about our brokenness. It's about our places of famine. It's about misappropriation of things in our life that were never designed to be met by anything but God, his joy and his satisfaction. Yeah.
0: Anything we put above him and his presence yeah. become, becomes our enemy. It's, it begins to hurt us even good things. Yeah. Um, so they can go on her voice and yeah. go to the her voice university and pl- and pay per class. Right. So they, it's like 29 bucks yeah, for the total. class total. Yeah.
1: So it's her voice And then you just click on courses um, there's actually two courses available. Bob and Jeannie Donnelly did a leadership course, which is still available. And then the food freedom. So it's $29. It's four courses. Um, you get PDFs, downloads. We have four classes. The First class is still up, so you can um they'll add you into the the page for that. And then what happens is we just journey through this process together and it's twenty-nine dollars that goes to Toteleston Ministries, which is an incredible ministry, a great place to associate, doing things around the world. Well so, that
0: this money is ultimately supporting our Her Voice conference
3: yeah.
0: that is happening at the end of the year and uh I encourage everyone to just go in and make plans and go on and get your tickets. And uh, basically, this is just to provide the monies and the wherewithal to provide this conference. Uh, we're working toward that all year long. And uh, and what you're getting in return for the money, it's it's worth 150 bucks. I mean, it's well worth 29 dollars seed. So I just encourage you to get on that. I know that. Uh, everyone that does is going to be so blessed. Listen, Ann, we love you so much. I love you and Dusty. I just declare the blessing of the Lord over you and everything y'all set your heart to do. We were talking about Dusty this week. We really want to get y'all out here to to minister on a weekend and then do a conference this next year with Dusty, some sort of a men's conference, and Mm -hmm. we're excited about that. We know God's got big plans, and I'm excited to help walk out be a part of loving and watching you walk out your destiny. Amen. Thank you
1: so much. Love you. I love,
0: so- I, I love you and have a wonderful day. And I just declare the blessings of the Lord on everyone watching today. I just declare you're blessed going in and coming out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country. You're blessed in everything that you set your hand to do. Your 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 eyes see what the Lord tells you to see. Your ears are hearing what the Lord says and your heart is obeying what God has instructed you to do. And everybody say amen, and we'll see you next week.
2: I raise a heart
0: The past hour you've been listening to
1: The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information
3: concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.